Welcome back to the Eric Deem Show. I am the Chief here high atop Mission Control. You can always reach me, Chief, at ericdeemshow.com, on the socials, at Eric Deem Show. I appreciate you coming back here to your toll-free bridge to reality, where we walk away from the infestation of the woke mob and uncover hope, redemption, and the things that bring us together. That's right, there are more on that list than... Uh, than otherwise, and uh, I appreciate you tuning in. So welcome back to the land of logic where common sense reigns supreme, and as you know it, cultural stewardship falls to each of it. That's why I started this podcast, because I grew up with this idea of Midwestern pragmatism, this notion that uh, community matters, the people in your lives matter, the people you know very well, the people you don't know at all, we're all in this thing together. Everybody has a unique story, and uh, there's far more that unites us than that divides us. So today we're going to talk about incentives and why incentives must be aligned. Now listen, this is not going to be an econ class, but economics is all around and we can't ignore it. I want to talk about incentives being aligned. Uh, when it comes to masks, <laughs> when it comes to marriage, when it comes to business, when it comes to religion, when it comes to sales, when it comes to neighbors, when it comes to every aspect of your life. See, understanding this is going to be freeing for many of you. Because many of you are trying to accomplish something, you're pursuing something, and you're wondering why it's not working. You're wondering, why won't this just click? Why won't the people around me just grab the vision? Why won't they just accept that this is what it is? And, and, and the reason is pretty simple. You haven't aligned the incentives. You've aligned the incentives for yourself, whether that be whatever you're achieving for your vision board, See, you know where you're going. You Maybe you have a clear-cut path of, of where you want to be, this ironclad definition of who you are, who you're becoming. A lot of folks don't necessarily see that, depending on where you are in life, depending on where you are on that journey. And it's a constant reminder. And one of the ways of helping to nudge along these reminders are through the incentives. Now, let me step back here and, let's see, give a little example or a little explanation, I see. We have several examples to dive into today, but um, an explanation of the incentives. So incentives are, uh, if I do X, I get Y. And the goal being, Y is something I want. And so because I want Y, I will do X. Let, let me... Let me break it down and give an example of how this worked in a sales environment in which I was in at one time. We had um, this company I was with doing uh, some work. We had uh, Salesforce. Are you all familiar with Salesforce? Salesforce is a CRM, a, a customer or client relationship manager, CRM. It's basically um, your, your, your glorified secretary, right? It's, um, and if you're offended by that word, just get off the show. This isn't for you. But a glorified secretary that just kind of keeps you on track. It keeps, 
keeps the Rolodex going, keeps the, uh, it, it pings you when you need to remind people to, uh, to either follow up with you or for you to follow up with them. It can send automated emails. Anyway, it, it's a dream. It is a salesperson's dream. So th- we had a Salesforce, and it's essentially a, a way to manage your pipeline. So if you're in business, you have a funnel which uh, can sometimes be referred to as the pipeline. A funnel is obviously, I mean, if you're, if you're filling your car with oil, and you use the funnel, sometimes a paper funnel maybe, uh, or plastic, whatever, whatever ha- what have you, it doesn't matter, to help get the oil into the engine, right? Well, that funnel is how you grab people, and you know, there's a whole bunch out there on marketing and advertising and, and so on and so forth. Okay, so once folks get through the funnel, they're in the pipeline. And your sales pipeline, and again, there are folks out there that live and breathe this stuff. I'm trying to give you just the 101. So your sales pipeline, you have number of days something's been in there. And, you know, if your business has been around for any period of time, you know the average number of days it needs to be in particular stages. So there's a discovery stage, which is where you're um, you know, getting to know one another. There's the qualifying stage where you're uh, qualifying where would this potential customer actually come into. And, well, even before discovery would be prospecting, which is just the widest of nets. So that kind of goes back to the funnel, right? So once folks get into the funnel, now they're in your pipeline, they're moving through the system, <clears throat> you know there's a percentage of folks that are not going to happen. It's the whole, you know, you're only going to win 10%, and out of those 10%, you're going to close three. So let's say you have 100 prospects. 10% of those folks are going to really love your product. And at the end of the day, only three of them are going to buy. So you have a 3% conversion rate. That's what that means, okay? And this all changes depending on how uh, technical, how expensive, whatever your, your business is. Well, this in particular, this sales environment that I was in, very expensive products, uh, very technical products. And one of the ways the company thought um, to incentivize its sales force was if you would move your prospect or eventually your qualified lead, right, into a certain category, they would give you a $10,000 bonus. So essentially what we called it was, um, in real estate, there's a thing called an LOI. Um, It can also be called an MOU. LOI is letter of intent. MOU is memorandum of understanding. Listen, I know some of you are ready to turn this off, but I want you to listen and I want you to stick with me. We're going to get through the lingo. You're going to be fine. We're going to make it, okay? You're going to love where this ends up. And I think it's going to be fruitful for you. But anyway, so you you get the customer in there and and you get them through, okay? They're no longer a prospect. We've now turned them into a a qualified buyer. They're now a qualified lead. Now we're working with them on a project where they want this product. So we get them to sign an MOU or an LOI. Now here is the problem. Unlike a contract, these are non-binding which means they really mean nothing. But the company thought that, okay, well, if somebody's going to sign 
a document, well, then that must at least mean something, and maybe we can leverage that as teeth to getting a contract over the finish line. Well, here's what happened. Here's why the incentives weren't aligned for both the company and their sales force. There were some uh, less than honest folks, and, you know, to protect the, uh, you know, we want to protect the guilty, right? So let's just pull a name out of our hat. Let's just say Brian. So Brian is interested in, he's a sales guy, and he's interested in making as much money as possible. That's why people become salespeople, right? So what he does is he crafts his sales pitch to getting over the hurdle within the sales force, within the MOU. No, to getting to the MOU or the LOI, right? getting it across that finish line just on paper, which actually means nothing to the person signing it, other than they really do like it, but there's no teeth, and there's no guarantee that the big payday is going to happen for the company. So the company sees all of these leads or these prospects getting moved through the sales funnel, through the pipeline, up to this one point, and then there's the bottleneck. Well, this is interesting Everybody is getting through the MOU or the LOI, and then suddenly the deals die. But meanwhile, we have paid Brian $10,000 per LOI, per MOU. So if he does that 10 times, he has an extra $100,000. If he does it 30 times, he has an extra $300,000. In addition to his base pay, and then he jumps ship. And what's the company left with? Trying to figure out how honest and how credible everything in his sales force actually is. See, this happens in business all the time. The company is constantly trying to incentivize people in their sales force and otherwise. This is why the smartest companies out there will incent you by tying your bonus to the overall company performance. Because now you see, you have a vested interest in not only succeeding yourself, but you have a vested interest in helping the company see, succeed beyond your own payday. Because if the company is succeeding, not only will you have the short-term benefit, but there will be long-term opportunities for you to continue to benefit over time. So yes, you can have those, and there are smart people out there, there are financial engineers that can figure out how can we do the short-term incentive you know, so that you can get paid you know, the small little bumps here and there. And usually it's based on tranches. You bring in this much volume, you get a bump in the percentage of your commission. Maybe you get, um, you know, you know, in the real estate world, we do splits with the house. So you bring in, it's a 50-50 split at the biggest shops, usually up to the first four or $500,000 of gross commissions. So once you hit that, then maybe you get to keep 55%. And then the next one, you bring in a few hundred thousand dollars more, you get to keep 60%. And you rarely get to keep more than 70. Now, some of the smaller shops will let you keep 80, but again, these are much smaller numbers um, because they're typically boutique and they're doing one-off deals, one, two, maybe 10 deals max. 
But the biggest shops, you know, they've got several mouths to feed and several big engines. You know, CBRE, uh, you, many of you know I'm familiar with that organization. They, they call it the big green machine for a reason. And the big green machine has a lot of overhead, a lot of folks that uh, help keep that big green machine moving. And because of that, that platform uh, keeps a lot of mouths fed and keeps brokers in markets like Nashville and otherwise pretty fat and happy because all they have to do is just open their glove, their mitt, their catcher's mitt, and deals from other markets just fall into it. So you don't necessarily have to be a great broker. Now, I can point out the great brokers, but I can also point out those that just have their hands up and just collect deals and essentially have been appointed successful by managing directors, right? So that gets into the whole political world of the sales environment in which uh, <laughs> incentives aren't always aligned either. Um, anyway, I do not want to get off topic because we're talking about incentives being aligned. In the church, incentives are aligned. And personalities play into this a lot, right? You've got teams of volunteers that you want to motivate. How do you motivate them? Well, you got to find out what they want, what they need. Do they just want their name in the bulletin? Is that enough? Does that incentivize them enough? Do they need to be uh, on the platform greeting the people uh, every once in a while? Do they just like being completely out of the picture altogether? So you can incentivize folks to help get things accomplished. Not manipulate. This is where the problems occur. Boy, and do they ever occur. Manipulations all around, but if you understand incentives, then you understand this. Speaking of manipulation and incentives, a lot of states across the country are removing the federal enhancement to unemployment benefits because, and rightfully so, they're saying that these are incentivizing the workers to not go back to work. Listen. A lot of states, let's just pull a number out and, and focus here. $300 a week, unemployment. If you've worked for a company and you've filed for unemployment, the, usually the state you'll get, let's just say, $300. And it, it can change based on how long you worked and how much money you were making. But let's just say $300 a week. Well, that will help prevent any new holes in, from emerging in the boat. But it's not necessarily going to uh, prevent the boat from sinking if it's already taken on a lot of water. So you're incentivized to find either another boat or another job so that you can, uh, you know, get moving and survive. Survival is a great motivator, or dare I say, incentive. When the federal government comes in and tax on a $600 stipend on top of that, Now you can begin to see how folks could be making more money by staying at home than by going out and finding a job. It's the whole incentive piece of it. We want Look at your restaurants. How many of your restaurants right now cannot find good workers? They can't find workers, period. Or how many of your service industry businesses are struggling right now to open and to keep open? And we can talk about some of the nefarious players in politics. You think there are nefarious players in the sales world. <laughs> the political world, it's all about power. 
power first and then keeping the power. And keeping the power, they realize there's some money to be made. And uh, then you get the Biden crime family. And you get names, last names, that keep running for office constantly. Um, you don't have to look back too far in recent times to see we had two presidents of the last, same last name. We had a president and his wife holding a lot of power in one party. So there's a lot of incentive for them to maintain the control and money. So yeah, it's it's there in the political world. It's also there in the um, since we're talking about it in in the minimum wage debate. I'm really worried about this because what we're going to do is we are now going to be incentivizing companies. Let's just take McDonald's in Belpre, Ohio. The McDonald's in Belpre, Ohio, know it well. That was uh, the treat, you know, maybe once a week, a couple times a month. That was the going out to eat thing for me in, in my early childhood and, and loved it. Well, we, we sat in the little front area there. You'd walk in and, and they had this, this crazy little water feature that was kind of built into the wall. It separated the, uh, the front kind of sunroom area and then the condiment stand. So the condiment stand was on one side of it where the cash register, and then you go on the other side of it, and it had all these air bubbles floating uh, in this uh, in this kind of unique, um, I mean, this is Belpre, okay, so this is state-of-the-art entertainment, okay, and low-maintenance, it wasn't a fish tank, so, and when you go outside, they had the ball pit, they had two ball pits, they had the little one and the big one, No, nobody was worried, this is why we didn't have COVID back then, you kidding me? We're jumping around in the ball pits, worried that there's a snake in there. Gotta come get us. No, they didn't saw any of those balls. Never, not once. It was outdoors, too, so who knew what was... <laughs> I can't even imagine what was growing in there. But you know what? We survived. We had fun. We had community. It was something to celebrate. It was wonderful. It was a great incentive. Our parents would incentivize us, if we were good, we got to go to the play place. And then they got sophisticated. Not the one in Belbury, but the one across town. Across the river, in fact. Had an indoor play place. So if we were really good, we got to go over there. But the Belbury and McDonald's, a lot of the folks that are working there, when I was coming up, these were fellow classmates, folks from high school, you know, I had my lawn care business, and, you know, lawn care business is seasonal. Uh, some of my friends were working at either the Wendy's or the McDonald's. Those were the only options. Now, you had the Frosty Shop or the Redwood Diner, but uh, other than that, you're, you're pretty much cutting grass, too. Or maybe working Kroger, but still, these are minimum wage jobs. Minimum wage, seven bucks, maybe, at that time, maybe a little less. I, I think that's what it was. I think it may have been a little less, come to think of it. Yeah. And I was paying my brother seven fifty an hour, that's right, with the lawn care business. He was the highest paid seventh grader in town, I'll tell you that much. But but anyway, when you when you come into these industries and and the government folks, because they care about getting reelected and they just care about sound bites, 
and and their their incentives see are just about getting reelected not doing what's best for the country so here's an example where incentives aren't aligned they're incentivized to maintain power and to get enough votes 50% plus 1 well, how, how does that necessarily align with us having the best possible outcome in our communities, having the best laws, the least amount of regulation, overreach, and government missteps? This is where transparency is important. McDonald's, the trend is going to, they're incentivized for the trend to continue and getting rid of these workers, these frontline workers, and just moving to kiosks. You can eliminate three or four folks from the front end and just put in a computer kiosk that we can use by ourselves, or better yet, condition you to use your phone and pay with McDonald's bucks so you don't even have to interact with somebody in the front end. You walk in, grab what's yours, and move on. Here's the problem. We're taking away these initial jobs where high schoolers mostly learn work ethic, they learn to be accountable to somebody other than themselves and their parents. They learn to work and interact with other people. They learn the value of teams. McDonald's is one of the best first jobs you could have. And it's also a great, I have several connections in the world that came up through McDonald's and the management side of it, ownership side of it, on the board side of it, and have done quite well. Incentives must be aligned. What's going to happen if these folks don't have those jobs, if they're not getting those skills? I mean, we've already pushed out the fact of becoming an adult being 18. No. You graduate high school, you're still looking for the, the, your finishing school. So then everybody goes to college. Well, now you go to college, you graduate college, what are we doing? Well, you better go somewhere else. You need another degree or you need to, No. I think this is going to be disrupted in major, major ways. And technology is going to be there. And thankfully, the millennials are taking over leaps and bounds to come up with solutions. Instead of waiting on the world to change, as John Mayer would say, we're just going to change it. So masks, huge missed opportunity for the government to incentivize folks to get vaccinated. Now, we're still waiting on FDA approval there. It's been uh, emerging. There's been an emergency approval uh, just this past week. Um, Rand Paul, MD, senator from Kentucky, said he's not getting vaccinated because he's yet to see the science where it's beneficial. He's had COVID. He still has the immunity. And according to him and a lot of other science and a lot of other medical professionals, uh, natural immunity is better than any artificial immunity. Makes sense to me. We'll see where things come out. The way I see it, there's going to be no shortage for anybody who wants to get a COVID vaccine in the future because this is flu shot 2.0. So ready or not, here you go. But Fauci and team, these white coats out front who have never, well, maybe they have, but haven't treated patients in decades, literally decades, telling everybody what they need to do, they missed the mark. The ins everybody is incentivized to getting back to normal. But when you tell folks, well, you need to get your jab and then you still have to wear the mask? No. Incentivize folks. If you get vaccinated, then you don't need to wear the mask. You would have had more folks lining up. Incentives matter. 
and they must be aligned. I mean, they were tripping. Fauci, Burks, and team, they were, they were tripping and fumbling over themselves so much. You're only wondering if there was a political narrative that was being involved as well. And politics and science, well, they're rarely aligned, if ever. Science should not be influenced by politics. Marriage, the incentives must be aligned. Two whole people coming together to form something beautiful. You have your life. I have my life. We have our life together. Three distinct, separate but connected entities. Many of you are familiar with the Venn diagram. How are we incentivized to keep all of these things in harmony, in in concert? These are things you have to work out for yourself. Personalities matter. Families matter. Negotiation, compromise, these are all part of it. Religion. People don't want to burn up in a fiery place. They don't want to be condemned to damnation forever. That's a pretty strong incentive to be good little boys and girls. Incentives have been around forever. My question is, how are you leveraging incentives in your own life? How are you incentivizing yourself? Are you a startup entrepreneur trying to incentivize people? You know, I have a lot of friends in the business world. I have friends in the startup world. A lot of times, the founder CEO who's trying to do something loses track of how to incent his people, everybody around him. And, you know, if that founder CEO is also an only child, no offense to the only children out there if you're an only child, but... If you're an only child, you don't play well with others. You really don't. Your imagination takes off, and it's just your way of the highway most of the time, and you don't always realize it. And depending on your personality, you may not be strong enough to accept the criticism. But nonetheless, the founder CEOs of the world, it's their baby. And so anytime you criticize the company, the direction of the company, try to give constructive criticism to help it grow, Well, fixed mindset is going to cause you to run into the wall. Growth mindset says, you know what? You're right. I want, my incentive here is for this to exponentially grow. And I need to incentivize you to give me the, the best candid and most clear feedback so that we can work together, not to be offended. It's tough. I failed at it. Everybody's failed at it if they're honest with it. We've all fallen short. I mean, that's just that's the beauty of it. But failing forward is the answer. And so how are you going to incentivize yourself to ensure that you're failing forward? How are you going to incentivize yourself that you're in a growth mindset? How are you going to incentivize yourself and those around you that you have productive, meaningful, enriching relationships I don't have all the answers. I just know what's great, what feels good, what you want, what's hard to hear but you know you need to hear. And I know moments in life where I've ignored those things and there may have been some short-term bumps. But I'll leave you with this. And I think these are the best ways for incentives all around. There was a a, a great man who once said, he's well-known in the healthcare community in Nashville, 
and once said to me, and I've heard him say to many other people, these four rules to live by. One, be prepared. Two, act like an owner. Three, have a mentor. And four, give back. One, be prepared. If you're prepared, regardless of whatever situation you're walking into, you're ready for the questions. You've anticipated what they're going to be. Two, act like an owner. Act like you own whatever you're operating, whether you own it or not. And you're going to be able to move forward in ways that some of your counterparts will simply miss. Three, have a mentor. Somebody that can call you out. Somebody that can help you. And remember, mentorship, that's a two-way street. It go, it's a relationship. But have somebody that can really know you. You can know them. And iron can sharpen iron and you can grow. And four, give back. Find somebody, something, an organization, or all three, so that you too can pour out. When you do that, you've incentivized yourself to have a richer life. And as an example, you can incentivize other people to come alongside you. Incentives must be aligned if we want to have positive outcomes. Do you have a perspective here? Do you have a thought? I'd love to hear about it. Let me know, chief at ericdeemshow.com or on the socials at Eric Deem Show.